0: As Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, founding father. But back in 1720, when I was 14 years of age, I was just plain Ben. Of course, even then, I had a way of getting under the skin of the people in power.
1: Out of here, I've done nothing wrong. Amen, my friend. Better that a hundred guilty go free than one innocent soul should suffer. Who said that? John Julian, at your service, but my friends call me Jamaica Jack. Why you're a
2: pirate!
1: Are you going to hurt me? Not unless you give me reason to. What? Easy, lad. You have nothing to fear from me. In this world of ours, I have more to fear from you. Y- you do? My mother and father were imported from Africa to chop sugarcane in Jamaica. But don't let the scar on my cheek and the hip boots fool you. I am no pirate. Then why are you in this jail? Ah, therein lies a tale. But may I ask the same of you, Mr... Franklin,
2: my friends call me Ben. As you say, there's a story to tell. But I asked you first.
1: Before I was born, my parents were granted their freedom. I was born a free man. But the Royal Navy needs sailors. And when I reached the age of 12... I was pressed into service. Against your will? You are young, Mr. Franklin. My will was not considered. So, I served at sea for five hard years, when our ship was set upon by pilots. They gave me this scar and forced me to serve them, which I did, until they were sunk by the royal frigate and all were drowned. All but you. Like a cat, I have many lives. But... I'm down to the last one. They refuse to believe I'm as free as any man in Boston and mean to hang me as a pirate. Another poor soul. So many forced to work for others and suffer the consequences, whether they choose it or not. Perhaps you are not as young as I thought, Mr. Franklin. What did you do to merit this cell? They say I stole a horse. Now why would they say that? Because I stole a horse. But it was in good cause. I think I like you, Ben Franklin.
2: Mutual Jamaica Jack.
1: I may know someone who can help you. A guardian angel? No.
2: A puzzle solver. Named Veracity Quince.
1: Uh, Franklin? Benedict
0: Franklin?
2: It's Benjamin. Come with me. We're free then.
0: Not
1: him. You.
2: But Jamaica Jack is more innocent than I am.
1: You have much to learn, Mr. Franklin. I hope I live long enough to see you educated. I won't forget about you. Move! And that was my
0: introduction to the remarkable Jamaica Jack. But before I could be of any help to him, I was to face my old nemesis, Judge Charles Dudley Warren. Or so I thought. Whoa! Imagine my surprise when I was taken not to that grim courthouse, but to the finest mansion on Beacon Hill, the residence of the royal governor himself. Won't you come in, Mr. Franklin? We've been expecting you.
2: You have? Um, all right. Was I dreaming?
0: One minute I'm in jail, and the next thing I know, I'm escorted into an elegant drawing
3: room. And who should be there to greet me? Master Franklin, so good of you to join us. Thaddeus Templeton at your service.
2: Um, hello.
3: This was stranger than any dream. The governor's son offering
0: his hand to me? And what was that fragrance wafting
2: through the room?
0: Roses? Gardinias.
2: Thaddeus? Who's our guest? I'm Ben. Ben Franklin. Hello, Mr. Franklin.
3: Felicity, go to your room.
2: Felicity Templeton. His sister. Pleasure to meet you, Miss.
3: Let me state this for the
0: record. The Governor's daughter did not turn my head. I was a man of science and adventure. But, truth be told... She did smell very nice.
3: And she was an adept musician. You like the harpsichord, Mr. Franklin?
2: A bit plucky for my taste. Did you say plucky? A certain Signor Cristofori has developed a keyboard with more variety of tone and more octaves. I hope to improve on his invention.
3: Do you? You think a great deal of yourself,
2: Mr. Franklin. If I don't, who will, Miss Templeton?
3: Felicity was just about to leave.
2: (laughs) No, she wasn't.
3: Felicity... Oh, very well. Play softly. Ignore her.
2: As you wish. May I ask why you brought me here?
3: Come now. All of Boston is eager to know more about your friend.
2: My friend?
3: Veracity Quince.
2: I'm but a poor printer's apprentice.
3: Don't be modest, Franklin. This man Quince depends on you, does he not?
2: I suppose.
3: Let us say he was in possession of a letter. A letter of great importance, you would know it. And being a loyal servant of the crown, you would of course return it to its proper owner.
2: Is that a question?
3: I prefer to call it a request. One you would be wise to honor. Thaddeus could not have been more polite.
0: His sister could not have played more sweetly. And yet I felt more threatened in that mansion than I ever did in jail. Meantime... The teapot was still missing and Eliza Boyd remained a fugitive.
4: Psst. 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 Fiona! <gasps> Eliza! Saints preserve us! Where have you been, girl? I was rescued by a boy genius and joined his gang of wharf as a seeker after the truth and a voice of freedom in this here colony.
2: You and your imagination! Next thing you'll say is that you're Veracity Quince himself.
4: No, but he's sworn to help me prove my innocence.
2: You poor thing. You must be light-headed. When was the last time you ate?
4: It's not food I need. It's evidence. Fiona, did you ever see that piece of yellow paper that poor Mr. Fleming hid in the teapot?
2: How could I,
4: since it wasn't in the teapot? But I saw him put it there. Aye, and the day before he
2: died, he took it out again.
4: Holy Neptune. I beg your pardon? Fiona... This is very important. After he took it out of the teapot, what happened to it?
2: How do you take your tea, Mr. Franklin? Preferably in a silver teapot. Funny you should say that. Thaddeus found one the other
3: day. That will be all, Felicity. We were speaking of a certain letter. It's a trifle, really. A personal correspondence from the West Indies that was delivered to the wrong address. My father was hoping your friend, Mr. Quince, might know its whereabouts. If so, the governor would be ever so grateful for its return. He rewards his friends. And punishes his enemies.
2: Tell your father I will pass his message along to Mr. Quince. May I ask a favor in return?
3: Money, I suppose?
2: That silver teapot.
3: I beg your pardon?
2: As you wish Mr. Quince to return the letter to its rightful owner, I'm sure he could do the same for the teapot.
3: Well, I... It's only right, Thaddeus. Someone must miss it terribly. Terribly? Very well. Here, give it to him, Felicity.
2: Here it is. You are too kind,
3: miss. But be sure to bring me that letter.
2: I think I can speak for Mr. Quince when I say he will do his best. Good day, Mr. Templeton.
3: Good day. Felicity, kindly show Mr. Franklin to the door. This way, Mr. Franklin. Well, Thaddeus,
0: that was well played. Thank you, Father. By young Franklin. Now his friend Quince has the letter and the teapot.
3: I couldn't keep it, Father. Without admitting I'm the one who stole it.
0: Well, don't just stand there with your thumbs in your waistcoat. Follow him and find Veracity Quince. And that letter.
3: Goodbye, Mr. Franklin. I do hope your Mr. Quince finds the owner of the teapot.
2: I have no doubt he will, Miss Templeton.
3: It's a pretty thing, isn't it?
2: Yes, you are. I mean, it. I mean, goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Move, you sheep! Don't have someone to be? There you go.
0: I almost felt sorry for Thaddeus, trying to follow me. He was still a newcomer to Boston, and I knew every turn and twist of those streets. I took a turn down the alley behind Seamus Murphy's oyster house, and he ran right past.
3: Blast, where are you, Franklin. We've all got our jobs to do, Ben. What's the meaning of this meeting?
2: Tell me, Eliza. Does this look familiar? The widow's teapot! You stole it? Excuse me, Sam. I'm no thief. What about the copper from the ship? And Cornelius' horse? And... Well, I I didn't steal the teapot. The governor's son gave it to me. His clever sister, Felicity, put it in my hands. How clever? What are you smiling for? Nothing. You say the governor's son gave it to you? no strings attached? All he asks in return is a missing document, a letter of no consequence, he says, which tells you how consequential it must be. I'll wager it's still somewhere in the widow Fleming's house.
4: You'd lose that wager. While you were having tea with the governor's daughter, I snuck back to the widow's house and spoke to Fiona. The young maid, what did she say? Just before he died, Mr. Fleming took that letter from the teapot and stuck it in the pocket of his best suit, the one he was buried in. He was heard to mutter that he would carry it into his coffin.
3: To his coffin? That means...
2: It must have been
4: buried with him.
2: So much for that. It's back to work for us. What's this? Do my friends and colleagues give up so easily? We're the wharf Rats. Where others see defeat, we see opportunity. Are you with me then?
0: Mm-hmm. Not
2: yes. That's the spirit. Then we meet in the churchyard at the stroke of midnight and bring a shovel.
0: But before I could meet my friends in the graveyard, I had to deal with my brother at the newspaper. And I had an idea for a new column written by an old woman named Silence Duguid. Someone who would speak truth to power and say things a boy like me never could.
2: Where the devil have you been? And don't say helping that infernal veracity, Quince. The constable was here, and I cannot afford for the law to shut me down. I couldn't agree more James. Since when? On my way back to the shop, I found this slip of paper under the door. It's from a harmless middle-aged dowager. I think you'll find Mrs. Silence Duguid is quite amusing. Silence Duguid? See? Even her name is amusing. No politics for her. No puzzles. She takes on such vital issues as women's petticoats. Now this is more like it. Harmless fluff, just what the readers want. I wonder if there are more where this comes from. I'll check with her. Thank you, Ben. This shows you're capable of learning from your mistakes. I certainly hope so, James. Then get to work. And make sure Mrs. Silence do appears in the morning edition. Stay at it all night if you have to. All night? But James... We'll have no more of your independence. You'll work till midnight and like it.
3: It's midnight. All here?
4: All but Ben. What's keeping him? He said he'd be here, didn't he? What's that? Just an owl, Sam. Nothing to be afraid of. Who's afraid? I just don't like tombstones and graves
2: and dead things. Something's coming! And ghosts. Run! Easy, Sam. Science has proven that ghosts are no more real than witches. They hanged a mess of them in Salem. Ignorant superstition. Who has a shovel? Shovel ready, Ben. Good man, Ned. I see Mr. Fleming's grave is still fresh. You may begin. Me? Ben. What's the
4: matter, Ned? A big, strong oath like you afraid of ghosts?
2: I fear no man living or dead. But grave robbing is a serious offense. A hanging offense. I- I'm just saying, we ought to draw straws.
3: A fair point, Ben.
4: Let me draw
2: two. I'm not afraid. I anticipated this. Here are five bits of straw in my hand. Let each of us choose one. Mine's long. Mine's two. So is mine. As is mine. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Courage, Sam. When you open the coffin, you'll observe nature in its most raw. The corpse has already begun to change. The fingernails and the hair will have continued to grow. And, of course, the worms and beetles will have hollowed out the cheeks and the eyes.
4: Stop, please. I can't do it. I told you. Mr. Fleming was heard to say he was taking the letter to his coffin.
2: Start digging, Sam. (sighs) Saints preserve us. Here I go. Wait, is it possible Fiona misheard? What if Mr. Fleming was taking the letter to a different coffin?
3: You're not making any sense, Ben.
2: Look at the name over there. Eliza, read what's carved in the tombstone. Jacob Coffin,
4: loving husband, honest tavern keeper. May God give him rest from his
2: labors. Coffin, it's not a pine box we're looking for. It's a person.
0: And where do you types think you're going?
2: Beg pardon, sir. We just want a word with the owner. Where can we find him? Six feet under, lad. That's where you find Mr. Coffin, bless his soul. I'm his widow, and it's me what runs this air establishment. In a famous grog shop it is, ma'am. I've heard it said you serve the finest ale in Boston.
4: Oh, he's a charmer, is he? Well, what can I do for you, lad? Eliza, would you explain? If you please, ma'am, my master, the late Mr. Charles Fleming... used to stop in for a pint or two on his way home from the harbour.
2: That he did, lass. Mrs. Coffin, did Mr. Fleming leave a letter with you? Letter? Can't say he ever did. The poor man always sat over there in that corner. Always the same table. I've kept it empty since he died to honour him properly. A noble gesture. May we drink a round of lemon squash at that table in his honour? Bruno! Lemon squash for me friends! Thank you, ma'am. Search the table, boys. Eliza, you keep a lookout. Must be here, somewhere. Your lemon squash. Drink and go. Friends, I give you Mr. Fleming. Oops. Watch it, Ben. Clumsy me, I'll mop it up.
0: Me? Clumsy? (laughs) I was more clever by half. I quickly bent down as if to clean up my spill, but used the opportunity to look underneath the table, and there I found it. Pinned beneath the tabletop, a piece of paper, yellow with age.
2: The letter. Obviously, Mr. Fleming knew he was being watched. He hid it under the table here in Coffin's tavern, thinking he would come back for it. Only he never got the chance.
3: What was so important about a letter? What does it say? It's gibberish.
2: Just a bunch of nonsense. No, it's, it's written in some kind of island language of its own. Part English, part French, part Spanish, part African.
1: I can't begin to translate. Can you, Ben?
2: Afraid not, John. But I know someone who can. Quick, let's get out of here.
0: Tension! Soldiers! On your feet for the Honorable Archibald Templeton, Governor of the Royal Province of Massachusetts oh. Bay. The Governor himself.
4: We're done for.
0: Good evening, one and all. It's so good to be among the loyal citizens of Boston. As the governor surveyed the tavern, I couldn't help thinking he was looking right through me, as if he could see the letter I clutched behind my back, a letter I knew he desperately wanted.
2: Easy, boys. If he catches us with a letter, we're sunk.
0: For more great stories like the one you're listening to, visit bestrobotever.com. You know, there wouldn't even be an internet if I hadn't discovered electricity. Nobody talks about that, do they?